Hi, this is Cage Coleman, host of Game On, and this is Our Future is Missing. Please be on the lookout for 14-year-old female Heather Riggio, Caucasian, 5'1", 120 pounds, blue eyes, and blonde hair. She went missing May 6, 2007 from North Miami Beach. Heather has a tattoo of a Chinese star on her lower back and a tattoo on her ankle. Her ears and lips are pierced. Heather was last seen wearing a pink top, jeans, and high heels. So if you know of Heather Riggio's whereabouts, please contact the National Center of Missing and Exploited Children's Hotline at 1-800-THE-LOST. That's 1-800-843-5678. To see a picture of Heather, please click on the link on the Voice America homepage, Our Future is Missing, or go to futureismissing.com. Thank you. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Stars that shine between the lines. If you would let yourself go, find some place you know. You can use your words, use your hands. You can change the world. Just pretend, express yourself, take a chance and It's time to express yourself, where teens talk and the world listens. Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. Welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Kids Network. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions and brought to you as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity. I'm Young Juwan. And I'm Caitlin Darrow. So today's theme is teen addictions and self-harm. It's a very serious topic, but it's a common issue between teenagers. According to the World Health Organization, 350 million people worldwide suffer from depression, which often leads to self-harm and addictions. 18 million of these cases are happening right here in the United States, as the National Institute of Mental Health reports. These alarming numbers are continuing to rise. In this first segment, we'll be hearing from Rachel Glass, a field reporter. Take it away, Rachel. Hi, you guys. Um, so I just had like a story to start off. When I was a freshman in high school, I had this really close-knit um, group of friends. And two of my friends kind of started to become closer to each other and standoffish to the rest of us. And like I just knew kind of something was like wrong because nothing had really happened. And one night I was having a sleepover with one of them. And she said she has something to tell me. And a lot of things ran through my head. Like, I was, like, 14, so, like, the worst things I could think of was, like, you know, drinking or doing drugs or something, and I didn't really, like, have any idea about anything else. And then she said she didn't want to tell me inside because my parents might hear, so we went outside. And we sat across from each other in silence for a little bit, and I just had this really bad yet curious feeling. And finally, um, I could tell she, it was, like, hard for her to tell me, you know. 
And finally, she grabbed my hand and kind of moved it down her wrist. And she had, like, probably, like, five to ten, like, scars, like, all in a row. And I had never, like, kind of dealt with cutting before, but, like, I, like, knew what it was. And that was the day. That just kind of started the whole trail of things. But that was, like, the first time that she, like, told me she'd been cutting herself. And since that day and since that problem was kind of out in the open and, like, we could talk about it, you know, um, I found out my my other friend who she was close with was um, doing it as well. Um, and I don't want to, like, get into details about these incidents because they're really personal to to these people, you know. And, like, throughout high school, I just had, like, a lot of really good friends who did that or kind of, like, dealt with their problems in that way. And... Um, yeah, and they all had, like, their own, you know, kind of bad things, like, or stressful things going on in their lives that was leading them to do that, even though that was, like, the wrong way to deal with it, which we know now that's, like, what they were doing because, I don't know, I think they just got the idea in their head, and I guess, in a way, it helped. And it was kind of hard for me because I didn't really, like, have anything going on in my life like that, so I couldn't relate to what was going on with them. So it was kind of hard to talk about it. And, you know, all I could say was, like, you know to tell them to stop or that they can, um, you know, deal with their problems in a different way. But that's kind of hard to tell. Like, it's hard for someone to really listen to just, like, simple things like that. But the point of my story is that because, like, I didn't know what they were going through firsthand, I didn't have the mindset to do anything like that, it was really hard to, um, you know, understand it. And it was hard to, like, do anything about it. So finally, my other friend and I decided um, that, we like needed to tell someone because we just didn't want to like have anything bad like we knew that that was going on and then have something bad happen because that would just be awful for everyone so we told uh, like a trusted teacher what was going on and he like you know called them in and they called their parents and made them go to counseling and it was like a really like big deal and they were really angry that like someone told on them but um it actually did help them and they're pretty and they're like okay now and they're like really thankful for that help now and um it's a really hard thing to do with close friends because you never like want to obviously you don't want to make your friends mad and telling on your friends just seems like the totally opposite thing that you should do but sometimes sometimes you just have to tell someone outside of your friend circle to really get the point across um especially for something so dangerous and important like that just kind of you know had to be done as hard as it was and this could apply to addictions as well. Like cutting in, is an addiction, in my opinion, because people who do that just can't really stop. But that could apply to anything. Like if anyone, especially in high school, while, you know, brains are still developing, uh, doing drugs or drinking or, you know, physically harming yourself is just kind of a bad way to start out. And it will most likely get worse and go downhill. So it's kind of worth it at the end of the day to really do something about it. Um, and, you know, you can't really do anything alone. Like, you have to, you have, you kind of just have to tell someone, I think. And it's, re- it's, you know, just as hard to, like, watch people you care about go through something like that, you know, as they're going through it. So it kind of benefits everyone in that way. But that's kind of the moral of my story, even though it seems like the worst thing to do to, like, tell someone outside. It's actually probably the best thing to do in most situations like that. Wow, Rachel. Um, that is really moving. You could probably, you probably did save the life of one 
your friends or two of your friends. Mm-hmm. And I actually did go through a situation similar to this. Mm-hmm. Um, while I was in the process of moving away from Colorado to California, I wasn't exactly there for one of my friends because I was just so stressed out with my own life and this big move in front of me. And then one day she just told me that she was started drinking and I was just so worried. Like, how could she have not told me about this before? And mm-hmm. she said it wasn't a serious problem because she was just doing it some days and it wasn't a big deal at all and I shouldn't worry and she wasn't going to be addicted. I was still really worried and I told one of our other friends who knew about this and I was kind of peeved that neither of them had told me and neither of them had done anything. And so mm-hmm. I, I told her to... Uh, maybe like go to a counselor or a therapy group because this was a really bad thing and she just shrugged it off and she's like no it's okay I'll be fine and then a couple months later after I moved and I kept talking to them through Facebook (laughs) through like chat and um, I was so relieved that the other friend had taken her counseling together so Mm -hmm. I definitely agree that you have to tell other people and that you can't just do something like this alone. Yeah. And I think I think that's so inspiring of both of you because I think that it takes a lot of courage to actually mm-hmm. confront your friends because I know in middle school I had a friend that was actually cutting herself as well, which is a little bit alarming that we all <laughs> knew people yeah. that had yeah. these problems. But um, I remember her telling me, and I was just really frightened. I didn't really exactly know what to do, especially when you're younger. Yeah, it's I mean now it's it. yeah, like now it's easy to look at it and say, oh, of course, you go tell someone. You have to let an adult know. But I think when you're 13, 14 years old, you're very distraught, and mm-hmm. it can be very confusing. Yeah, especially when you are a middle schooler, you rely so much on your friends and you don't want them to be angry with you and you don't want them to exactly. um like move away from you or like move apart from you because you try to do the right thing. Yeah. Yeah, and I think at that age too, it's hard to see what the right thing is. Mm-hmm. We're influenced a lot by people and we're influenced a lot by our friends. So, if a friend tells you not to tell somebody, usually a lot of us would end up abiding by the friend just because we're scared to. But I think any of our viewers who are listening right now, don't be scared to tell an adult because that truly is the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. You could be saving a life. Yeah, and the most important thing right now is to save your friend's life and to do the right thing that you know deep down and not do the temporarily right thing, like by listening to your friend and by relieving maybe a therapy session right now could lead to really big harmful accident later yeah and I also think that um even though like it doesn't seem like it I think because people like don't when people have problems they don't really like advertise it Mm -hmm. you know which is one of the biggest problems you know like they don't tell anyone about it but I think just a lot more people um have like problems like that Mm -hmm. than like we would like to think so maybe like for younger people like it's important to kind of know the signs to be able to know you know how to tell if someone's like if something's wrong you know Mm -hmm. and so then you could possibly look into it and do something about it and are you oh are you still friends with these people yeah I'm actually still really like good friends with them Mm -hmm. so yeah at the end of it you know we're still good friends and I'm sure you know they recognize that that's good for them. Yeah, definitely. You know, you, you're being a good friend by telling, which sounds totally wrong. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, I think that just shows, since you guys are still friends today, years after, it just shows that 
what you did was the right thing overall, even though at the time it may not have seemed like it. But how did you feel when they were actually initially mad at you for telling? (laughs) Well, um, they didn't know it was me. They were just, like, generally just angry at whoever it was. Um, I actually kept it anonymous just because I thought that'd be best. and actually was best, you know. But um, they're just angry in general that someone told on them, you know, and told their parents was the biggest thing because obviously parents are upset about things like that. But um, I don't think they were angry for long. So I think because they were smart too, like they recognized that that was, you know, a problem well, that, that needed to be dealt with. Thank you so much for all your insight and your powerful story, Rachel. I hope that this story can encourage other people to take the right action. And we have to take a short break right now, but when we return, We'll be back with Dr. Steve Farber, and I'm Young Juwan. And I'm Caitlin Darrow. You're listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids Network. Make sure to check out the photos, descriptions, links, gossip, and more at ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Facebook your friends to join our party. Don't go away. We will be right back. It's safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are. In the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or Discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Bookworm is a show for the reader and those that should probably be reading a little more. We'll tackle the classics, the bestsellers, and the brand new works that you won't be able to put down. Your host will be combing the pages of them all and letting you know what needs to be in your personal library and what might be better reading for the bathroom. Tune into Bookworm, airing Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. We promise that listening will be just like delving into a good book. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the fame game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the fame game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hello 
and thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. My name is Caitlin Darrow. And I'm Young Juan. To give us a little more insight on addictions and how to overcome them, we have a very special guest with us today, Dr. C. Farber, cardiologist and author of three books, the latest being As Sick as Our Secrets, which is a book about his own experiences as an addict work and how he worked with others to overcome addictions is here with us today. Dr. Stephen H. Farber received his medical degree from Hanamei Medical College and Hospital. He completed an internal medicine residency program and cardiology fellowship at the Baylor College of Medicine in Houston, Texas. Dr. Farber specialized in the diagnosis and treatment of cardiovascular diseases for over 25 years. He also founded Heart of Montgomery County, a nonprofit organization created to improve access to affordable health care for the community's indignant and uninsured population. In 2003, Dr. Farber published Behind the White Coat, a personal memoir, and co-authored Stepping Stones to Success with Deepak Chopra in 2011. Dr. Farber recently received a master's degree in healthcare administration from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. The author welcomes the opportunity to speak to organizations to convey his message about the horrors of addiction and the hope of recovery. And Dr. Farber states, it is important to understand the de- destructive forces of addiction and its deadly impact on our society. It is a serious epidemic that affects millions every day and that we must tackle it head on and find solutions. Half of all adults over 18 have a friend or family member who is suffering from alcoholism or addiction to illicit or prescription drugs. But we'll let him tell us more about his thoughts and solutions. So please welcome Dr. Farber to express yourself. Hello. Here, hi, Caitlin and Young Chu. I appreciate the opportunity of being on your show. Thank you for having me as your guest. And so our first question for today, is addiction an epidemic in our society for teenagers? Yes, it is, Caitlin. Um, the, when I was actually preparing for the show, I knew it was a bad problem, but when I was preparing for the show, some of the statistics that I read and some of the, the things I went over really bore this out to be extremely true. It's an addiction in our entire society, and it, it ranges all age spectrums, and it's an incredibly, it's an incredible problem in the uh, teenage group, and it's increasing um, over, over the last 10 years. Uh, it, it's um, a, a problem that you know really is expanding, and we need to find some solutions for it. Yeah, as a teenager myself, I found just the whole issue very alarming, and the numbers being so high is really quite scary. But what does your newest book book title actually mean? As sick as our secrets, um, name derived from the fact that. Uh, we are as sick as our secrets that we keep inside of us. Um, when you're an addict and uh, you're going through uh, the throes of uh, alcoholism or addiction, uh, you tend to keep a lot of secrets uh, in your life. And uh, from my standpoint, I was uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Um, and uh, not to make a pun on Dr. Jekyll, but I was Dr. Jekyll. And uh, I lived a lie for a number of years. And uh, the secrets that we keep inside of us really make us sick 
physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And uh, that's one of the horrors of addiction, is living with these secrets. And uh, it's like uh, having an open, festering wound. And, and until the pus is drained from it, you're going to get sicker and sicker. And it, it eventually infects the entire system uh, to where, you know, you're, you, you really either die or you uh, have some other terrible outcome from it. Um, but until we release our secrets, um, we're going to be sick uh, uh, in every aspect. And what are some signs of, of addiction and, that, and, those, and the sign that those secrets are being kept? One of the most important things uh, for anybody to understand, especially a teenager, I think, is how to spot addiction in, in your st- fellow students and your friends. And it's very, very difficult. Um, I've been asked by a number of people how, uh, how they could spot addiction in their doctor. Okay, and uh, sometimes it'd be extremely subtle. Uh, I hid my symptoms as best I could for a long period of time until my symptoms got to the point and that the signs really showed through. Uh, but it can include a change uh, in personality, um, uh, in school, getting bad grades, um, isolating, uh, developing some psychological signs of depression and other abnormal behaviors that are just not there for, you know, when the patient, when the person, rather, is normal, their normal selves. These are all signs that that a person has something going on. So if we see these signs in someone and we want to help a friend or maybe even just a stranger in class, um, how can we approach them and how can we, you know, make them know that we do want to help them? Uh, it's important to reach out to people, and I think one of the things about addiction is that the person who is an addicted to alcohol or drug is afraid to come forward and admit their problem. Um, when I formed my nonprofit called Heart of Montgomery County, one of our key programs was the Yellow Rib- Ribbon Program, uh, which actually dealt with teenage suicide, and um, but it also dealt with teenage addiction. And what we did in that program was reach out to teachers. And, uh, and try to educate uh, the teachers and, and students about the signs of, of uh, depression and the signs of, of uh, addiction. And what we did actually was hand, we handed out cards to people that they could pass out to their friends and say, hey, you know, really these cards state, you know, please call. Uh, if you have a problem, you know, just or just it's very simple. Just go up to somebody who and say you're concerned. Um, and that you like, you know, if they want to talk, you're available to talk to them. But I think reaching out is extremely important, whether it's uh, by uh, text or, uh, you know, using social media, um, which is very popular. And, you know, any there are a variety of ways to reach out, but it's just important to try to reach out to people who feel lost and are struggling with their demons and are afraid to come forward. And how can parents help their teenagers and prevent their children from having problems with addiction and alcoholism? The parents play a huge role with this. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the most important thing is to help your children by communicating with them. Uh, It's been found that uh, teenagers whose parents talk to them on a regular basis about the dangers of drug use are 40% less likely to use drugs than those whose parents ignore the issue. And even if it seems like your teenager is not listening to you, they usually are. And <laughs> it's, it's important not to waste time arguing or trying to reason. Um, and it's important to educate uh, teenagers about the effects of drugs. Um, from my own experiences with my 
children, um, I found that um, one of my sons felt that marijuana was extremely harmless, and we've gone into a number of debates about that subject. And it's important to, and marijuana is an extremely uh, important addiction in teenagers. It's increasing to where more teenagers smoke marijuana than cigarettes. And they and and uh, recent data showed that uh, in high school seniors, a 23 percent admitted to using marijuana in the last month. Um, that's an incredible statistic. Um, but marijuana does increase the release of dopamine in the brain and affects judgment, learning, memory, and actually lowers your IQ score. Um, it's also important for parents to set healthy boundaries with their children and teach them really good coping skills uh, and how to deal with life and try to work with them to try to determine what it, what is their passion, what their passions are, and encourage them to go after their passions and um, it, try to work on their self-esteem so they, they feel like they fit in and not to isolate in front of a computer uh, all the time. <laughs> one, one of the things that is dangerous, I think, about what has happened to our society is that um, we have become very much focused around Facebook and a number of things on the computer to where uh, it, that's, an, it's a true addiction, and I really believe very strongly that that addiction is also a door opener for other addictions because it does uh, isolate the person. When a person isolates, they're, you know, very often hiding some depression underneath, um, and they're not out there in social situations uh, with other teenagers, uh, doing things that are healthy activities. Great. Yeah, so, and that's some great information, definitely. So what information, as we're starting to close our show today, what message can you give teenagers who suspect that they have a problem with alcoholism or addiction? What would you like them to know? I think it's important to realize that uh, that when you're using drugs and alcohol, you're not experimenting. And experimenting in a lot of people leads to addiction. And the younger you start to drink or use drugs, the more likely you are to become addicted uh, to that substance. Um, there are ways to get help. Uh, and, and reaching out to other people is very, very important. Uh, and, you know, it's, that there is hope for recovery from addiction. There are programs that work. Uh, intervention is extremely important. And there are crisis hotlines that a person could call anonymously, uh, such as the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, which um, uh, was, is run by SAMHSA. And uh, that is actually not just for people who feel suicidal, but who also want to quit using drugs. Um, and to talk to counselors and talk to their parents and open up to people. I think those are the messages that I have and that there are ways to avoid uh, the addiction problem and uh, and it's a, it's a very very important subject to address in our society. Yes, definitely, especially as the issue is increasing and growing. But unfortunately, we are out of time. But thank you so much, Dr. Farber, for sharing some very important tips and information for identifying, preventing, and treating addictions. Visit his website to find out more about his books and his work. It's www.sick asoursecrets.com again that's sickasoursecrets.com you can also listen to an interview with Dr. Farber on our sister program Star Style Be the Star You Are at starstyleradio.com keep visiting us at expressyourselfteenradio.com
www.expressyourself.com. I'm Caitlin Darrow. I'm Young Juwan. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids Network. Visit our creative community at btsya.com and this radio program at expressyourselfteenradio.com. And check us out on Tumblr at www.tumblr.com slash blog slash be the star you are radio. We'll be right back with Kai Kelly and What's Popping. So don't go away. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Do you think that you can't change the political system in our country? Well, one host is doing that and started at age 13. Join Connor Brantley for Hello, the Future is Calling. Our show takes an inside look at what's going on in national, state, and local government from a new and very unique perspective. Connor holds our elected officials accountable and will bring you an unbiased look at what's really going on. Listen for Hello, the Future is Calling every Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Kids. Help make a difference. Now there's a new destination for video content, voiceamerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us support. You. Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hey, thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. I'm Young Juwan. And I'm Caitlin Darrow, and our show today is everything and anything you need and should know about preventing and stopping teen addiction and self-harm. We have another great guest with us here today, Anna Caltabiano, and our What's Poppin' reporter, Kai Kelly, is also making a special surprise appearance. Anna is a role model and a rising teen author. Her debut novel, All That Is Red, was released on May 20th of 2012 and has already been causing a buzz around readers of all ages due to her sophisticated writing style. She has a growing audience through word of mouth and social media. She has gained 164,420 followers on Twitter and 33,240 likes on Facebook her Facebook page. Using her influence to her advantage, she is on a mission to connect teens and parents about important issues facing adolescents. Anna is just 15, but there's no doubt she's already working on her next book. For those who haven't heard about her book yet, All That Is Read, it's a strong story of survival and a journey through the human condition, revealing how intimate happiness of pain can sometimes be all that teens have to remind them that they're still alive. 
The book covers a widely important issue, self-harm. A staggering one out of every ten teenagers are cutters. Her desire to speak out about this important issue, as well as isolation, loneliness, and perseverance, has made her a teen role model for many people her age. She set out to write the book to start conversations with youth her age, and the book isn't meant to be an autobiography or self-help book for the very important issue facing teens, self-harm. Through her research and talent as a writer, Anna found a compelling way to tell the story and bring to life a young girl's struggle with self-harm and everyday teen issues. So please welcome Anna Caltabiano and Kai Kelly on Express Yourself. Hello. Hi. Thank you for having me. No problem. We're so happy to have you here. And so, Kai, do you want to ask the first question? Yeah, okay, so I had a ton of questions as I was going through, and I'll start with the more basic questions that I have first before um, I ask specific questions that I had. I'm really excited to talk to you, first of all. Uh, my first question is basically just why, what made you decide to write a novel? So, first let me just start off by saying that I'm an only child. I don't really have any brothers or <laughs> sisters, so every summer my parents basically send me off to summer camp or make me do some sort of activity in the summer. And I normally don't really like that. <laughs> so the summer between 8th and ninth grade, I had this on my mind for a bit, and I told my parents, you know, I'm going to go write a novel. And, of course, like most parents, they said, yeah, right. But I, I did end up writing a novel, and that's all that is read. That's really, really cool. And then also, we talk, We summarized it briefly before. Caitlin did right before we started. But for those who haven't read your book, besides the fact that it's about self-harm, could you tell us a little bit about the storyline of what it's like? Sure. So all that is read, it takes place in a dreamlike world where the only colors that exist are red and white. And in that world, the red represents human emotion and feeling the good and the bad, the ups and the downs that we all feel. And white is the absence of everything, this comfortable but really stark numbness. And in the book, there's an actual war between the red and the white. There's the red resistance, mm -hmm. um, which is made out of people who are fighting for their ability to feel, and the white empire, which is driven by people who have chosen not to feel anything. And the, the main character, she's, she finds herself caught between these two world, these two forces, and she doesn't really know whether she has the capability to even feel. So she knows she has to make a decision about which side to join, but she doesn't really even know if she has that choice. And I, I do think on another level, the book is about this conflict in all of us and I think especially teenagers who are going through a really confusing time, it's tempting for anyone to kind of want to numb out all of their emotions, even at the cost of numbing out the good feelings as well. Mm -hmm. And so what underlying message do you want to get, a, did you hope to get across? I think there's like three basic messages, I think. Um, the first one would be that it's okay to feel bad sometimes. That's perfectly normal. I have horrible days myself. And ultimately, I think emotions are kind of what makes us human. Mm -hmm. I think the second thing is that talking to people is really important. 
it's great to find someone you really trust and talk out whatever you're going through. And I think the third thing is that if you can't find someone to talk to or even if you have found someone to talk to, reading is another way to make yourself feel less alone. I think it's it's great to pick up a book and all of a sudden find yourself in this different world. You get to live another life, you get to make mistakes and not feel the consequences of making mistakes in real life. Hi Anna, I'm Caitlin and as a 16 year old myself, I know that being a teenager can be very difficult and time consuming on its own, so how in the world did you find time to write a novel? I think, well, the the novel I just wrote in the summer, the first draft, after that it was months and months of editing, but just... I think of writing as kind of my sport, and everyone finds time for their hobbies, and I just <laughs> love to write, so I make time for it. <laughs> and then uh, my question is, I was looking actually on the inside cover of the book, it says there's a, a publishing company that I hadn't heard of before, so I looked it up, and I was wondering how, uh, and it looks like it's a self-publishing kind of, so what? how did you get published? So uh, after writing the book, I didn't really think of publishing as the next step. I I wrote short stories before that and they just kind of sat on my desk. <laughs> and I, I had this longer thing that I just didn't know what to do with. And I think what really made me want to publish it was that I thought that maybe it would be worth my time if someone out there, even if it was only one person, picked up the book and said, wow, there's someone else who's a teenager out there and there are other people that are going through these times and that they're not alone. So I think that was what really made me think about publishing. And then after that, it was just lots of emailing, letters, trying to find someone out there that believed in the book as much as I did. Yeah. Uh -huh. That's really, that's awesome, first of all. But also, uh, when you talk about a lot about how you like to write in your free time, was there any particular individuals who inspired you, any good teachers, or was it uh, more of a outside-of-school type of activity you did? It, it definitely was outside of school, just because it happened to be the summer that I found the most time. <laughs> but I think every one of my teachers, friends, they were all really supportive. Um... And I, I think I learned from every person in my life, little bits and parts. Yeah. And I, as you were describing your book synopsis, I couldn't help myself from thinking about Brave New World. And so do you have any of your favorite books and authors? I think, well, first I, I, I try to read a whole range of things. Mm -hmm. I think my favorite, favorite book in the whole wide world would probably have to be A Tale of Two Cities by Charles Dickens. <laughs> um, but other than that, I, I do like 19th century British literature as well as really contemporary stuff like Talwin's contemporary poetry, um, but also things like The Hunger Games <laughs> and Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting how you have such a broad range of really diverse books that you love. 
And then I have a, a question about the novel. So the novel starts with a passage where you turn the question, what do you want, on to the mysterious boy. Because a lot of the story, the message is a lot more metaphorical, but a lot of the story is you do have a literal battle between white and red, and then you also do meet what feels like very real people. So the novel starts with a passage where you turn the question, what do you want, on to the mysterious boy who approaches you, and you ask him, what do you want, or what do you need, and the boy, of course, says no. He doesn't need anything. So where do you get the ideas for your writing and for some of these really interesting passages? I think going back to how I kind of end up learning from every person in my life, um, my friends are slightly afraid of that because they know that I'm listening to every <laughs> conversation we have. But I think once I start writing, these characters end up kind of coming to life and almost talking on the page, so it's just imagining this all in my head. Yeah. And are you writing any other books at this time? Yes, I am. I'm actually, I'm writing two books right now. One, I'm in the editing stage, and the other, I'm still writing the first draft. The well, one I'm editing right now is a teenage love story, among other things. <laughs> and, of course, that's really fun for me, being a teenage girl. And I love reading books with a little bit of romance. <laughs> and the the other book I'm writing is also from that teenage perspective. And it deals with some of the stresses that teenagers face. Unfortunately, we are out of time again. Thank you so much, Anna, for sharing your own personal experience and giving our listeners advice on writing and fighting self-harm, as well as your book. Thank you for having me again. I'm Young Juan, and you're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids Network, where teens talk and the world listens. I'm Caitlin Darrow, and we'll be right back after this short break. Visit us at expressyourselfteenradio.com, but don't go away because we'll be right back with the What's Poppin' segment. Anna, do you have a website you'd like to share with us? Yes, I do. I have a website. It's called annacaltabiano.com. It's a n n a. C-A-L-T-A-B-I-A-N-O dot com. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, everybody go check that out because I'm sure there's a lot of interesting stuff on there. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're a responsible person, and you're trying to do everything you can to save the planet. But are you doing enough? We've got the right person to help you keep on thinking green. Mario Jr. is the host of Alive and Green. The show is all about green tips, staying environmentally friendly, and having fun while doing something great for our Mother Earth. You'll want to check out the show Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. If we all do our part now, it'll only mean a brighter and better future for us later. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at Voice America and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. There's so much going on in the tech field. The tech team is here to sort it all out so that you know exactly what you need to get and what you should avoid. 
In this age of cell phones and text messaging and new discoveries every single day, you need to be informed. We'll bring you previews of new products, technology news, and help you make the right decision when you are out there buying that new MP3 player, cell phone, or mobile device. Don't do a thing until you've tuned in to the tech team. Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. The longer you listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hey, thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids for Express Yourself. Express Yourself gives youth across the world a voice to be listened to. I'm Young Juan. And I'm Caitlin Darrow, and we've covered a lot of the basics about addiction and self-harm. I've definitely learned about, a lot about how to prevent and treat addictions. Yeah, I have too, and these tips are so helpful because they could really help a friend's safety or even your own safety. Our What's Popping reporter has stayed with us from the previous segment, and we're going to talk about addictions and self-harm in the lives of celebrities. So please welcome back Kai Kelly to Express Yourself. Alright, hi guys. So today obviously has been focusing on a more dark but incredibly important topic. And so as we now know, cutting and other forms of self-harm affect as much as 15% of the teenage population. And unfortunately, that trend sometimes extends to celebrities as well. A couple of months ago, some photos were released that showed Justin Bieber possibly doing drugs at a party. They were pretty blurry, so it wasn't completely clear, but that was the speculation. So the hashtag, hashtag cutting for Bieber began to trend on Twitter, and it was a supposed protest against the star's alleged drug use by way of self-injury. So it appeared as if teens were cutting themselves as a way to express disapproval, and there were a lot of incredibly disturbing pictures that appeared on the Twitter sphere. But I googled to look up more information about this. I saw several of them, and they were quite, quite difficult to look at. The response was very active, and many users admonished the practice. However, some others made fun of people who cut. Later, it appeared that a lot of the pictures and the trend itself was a joke, and it's unclear if all of that was indeed a joke, but even if it was, the prank was definitely not funny, and it reflects a huge issue that should not be taken lightly. I think even if a few, very few teenagers actually took to self-harm after Justin Bieber made a mistake in his own life, it's always important to actively discourage such actions, and it also shows the power of a celebrity's actions on teenagers around the world, because it was able to become a huge trend in a number of hours, and several teenagers posted, quite a few po- teenagers posted pictures of what they were doing as a way of expressing disapproval, and so all of it was, I think, very inappropriate for the person who started that kind of trend. Um, another celebrity who has become very public and active about her own struggles is Demi Lovato. She admitted that she cut herself in order to cope with her negative feelings, and it was big news about a year ago. And what she said at the time is that, I cut myself to make take my mind off of basically the things that she was going through. I just didn't care what happened. I had no fear. 
Fortunately, she has since sought help and changed her ways and become a great advocate about inspiring others to do the same. The bottom line is that celebrities do hold weight in our modern day culture. They go through a lot of the similar things that we do, of course, in a different amplified type of sphere, but it's important to realize that their actions and the way that they handle their own problems affect how other teenagers view themselves. So I think if famous people like Demi Lovato or Justin Bieber spoke out more actively against the process, Demi Lovato has, of course, Justin Bieber condemned the hashtag but hasn't quite been as much of an advocate. But I do think it is very true that they, that celebrities can play a small role in the eventual solution. I do agree with that. And I remember when the whole cut for Justin um, Bieber hashtag was going around, and it was very disturbing to see that people were doing this to themselves uh, because of a celebrity. And I, I do agree that they have such an influence on young people. But what message do you think celebrities can send about the danger of self-harm? I think that especially in a situation where a celebrity was directly involved in an action related to self-harm, the way that Justin Bieber was a couple of months ago, it's really important that they do immediately speak out about it. Even if it's on a social media site, I think it's important that they say something like, it's completely inappropriate to do those type of things. Um, the actions that celebrities take should be constantly reinforced that that's their own decision. They should try, obviously, not to make these bad decisions. Justin Bieber should not be doing using illegal legal drugs. But even if he does, I think it's important that he reminds his very dedicated fans that doing self-harm is not the appropriate response. Yeah, I totally agree with both you and Caitlin. I was horrified when I saw that on Facebook, through Facebook, that people were taking that method of showing their disapproval. Right. And what role do you think influential people should play in the solution? So it's, again, a pretty similar um, question or similar answer that I would have. I personally believe that I don't think we, we, I don't think we inadvertently try to be so influenced by these people, but we do respect a lot of the opinions. We respect what they do. A lot yeah. of us like their songs. We like, uh, we like their songs. We like what they do in our, our lives. We read about them on magazines. So they're a huge part of basically the way that we view social aspects of life. And so when they act irresponsibly or they encourage something like self-injury, then it can be really tough for a person who looks up to that person to think differently or to stand against those types of negative decisions. So, Kai, what are some of the additional negative effects of self-injury? I think probably the doctor that you talked to before, and obviously our famous author today talked about this as well, um, but Janice Whitlock, a Cornell University professor who has studied teens in self-injury, told the Huffington Post that images of cutting can potentially serve as triggers for those who are already vulnerable or prone to self-injury. So basically cutting can serve as a bait. Uh, almost like a gateway towards even more difficult or even more extreme methods of hurting themselves. And obviously it stems from having low self-confidence, having a variety of different emotional issues, and basically a lot of times feeling really alone, which is a difficult, a difficult thing for a teenager to deal with. And out of curiosity, what were some of the responses by other teenage or celebrities? Yeah, so there were definitely a lot of res responses. The one that I, I looked at in particular was what Demi Lovato did because I know she's a huge 
huge advocate of not self doing self-harm and what she said is that it really makes me mad when people joke about self-harm eating disorders or suicide you have no idea what someone may be going through and i believe also miley cyrus actively condemned it as well as a lot of those teenage stars selena gomez as well i believe and I think that it's great that they spoke out and showed their disapproval on the web so then teens knew that this wasn't something that they should be doing. But what was some of the online responses to some of the online recent trending on Twitter related to self-harm, not from celebrities? Right. So a lot of, I was actually quite disappointed. Some Quite a few people just started making fun of people who cut or made fun of teenagers who face these kind of emotional issues. There were several different jokes about it on Twitter. And that, I don't think, is an appropriate response because even if the entire thing was a prank, Treating it as a joke when I believe it is a very serious problem that our society needs to learn to deal with, I don't think joking about it is the appropriate response. Um, but at the same time, there were quite a few people in, on the opposite side who actively said cutting is not okay, self-harm, seek help. I believe the active, um, the online suicide prevention uh, tweet, tw uh, Twitter also made a statement uh, publicly about if you ever feel like you're in a situation where you're alone or where you would want to do something like that, please contact us. There are people out there to talk to, and I think that was the more appropriate response to an issue like that. And so last question, why do you think celebrities can be so powerful for issues like this, whether it's for prevention or unfortunately causing these issues. Right, and I just think it's the idea that celebrities are quite prevalent in the way, in our everyday lives. We see, like I said, on Friday nights when we're with our friends, we're looking at their, their magazines and their interviews, we're li listening to their songs in the car, we're hearing about them on the radio, we're, they're just, uh, when we're gr checking out from the grocery stand, they're their faces that we see and we watch their movies and all those kind of things, so they do show up in so many areas of our life, and so when they take that, that prevalence for a positive aspect of encouraging people who respect them, then I think that can be really a powerful, powerful message. Thanks, Kai. Unfortunately, we are out of time today. Thanks so much for joining us here on Voice America Kids. Thanks to Star Style Productions for producing this show, and thanks to our great guests from across the world, and thanks to you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. You have been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids Network. Don't forget to check out btsya.com to keep up with us. I'm Caitlin Darrow, and thank you for always tuning in every single week. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program on Express Yourself. We want to hear your thoughts, and we want to answer your questions. Email us at btsyateenradio at gmail.com. And again, that's btsyateenradio at gmail.com. Check out our radio website at expressyourselfteenradio.com. Com in our creative community at btsya.com. You can upload your creative works at our website for free, get involved with Be The Star You Are charity, buy books and t-shirts in our store, sign up for a free newsletter and make a donation to Be The Star You Are, and then you can help keep our program alive. Thanks again for joining us, and thank you to our great guests. And until next week, remember, express yourself.
Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine between the lines if you would let yourself.